Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk podcast. This is Nancy McCrady. Welcome to the series Summer Readings. This is going to go throughout the next many, many episodes. And I will refer to many of the books that I have read, I am still reading, and any new ones that I might come across. So, let's enjoy summer readings together and let God sober us, awaken us, prepare and mature us for the days in which we live, that we might, as many of those that we have revered and respected over the ages, that we too might fall into that category of person who simply loved the Father and obeyed Him and lived out Christ as life. Love you all, my friends. Here we go. Summer Readings 2023. Hey everybody, coming to you from the hotel restaurant in the city center of Oslo, Norway. Wynn and I have just finished a few days of ministry uh, with a great Polish community here in the Oslo area. We had about 30 people at Cross Encounter, the first one here in Norway. Uh, Very strong, very rich, and very well received. And so now Wynn and I... I have two or three days of very much needed rest, time together where we're going to be able to talk, plan, pray um, as we continue on this journey together through Europe for the month of June uh, and as we are hearing God and moving forward. But for you and I today here on Tent Talk Podcast, I am going to simply read the last um, few paragraphs of chapter one. From Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. This is our series, Summer Readings, and I'm about to jump over into maybe another book for our upcoming episodes, and then we're going to revisit some portions of Life Together again. So I want you to stay with me as we go from one book to another, uh, because these are summer readings. Uh, It's not going to be me reading an entire book uh, from cover to cover all uh, in sequence, but it gives you enough of a taste, doesn't it, to know if you want to pick up certain books, make them your summer readings, where you go in deeper and let God speak to you. It doesn't mean that I am promoting uh, every single sentence in a book, right? Because you have to be able to read this is a part of our maturing is to be able to read to take in what holy spirit is speaking to you leave the rest you know every book isn't the bible my friends it's not holy scripture but it but it does take us into a place where we read what others that have gone before us have learned and what they have practiced and what they have made real in their own life and and um uh And it's good for us to be provoked in that way. And uh, so that's that's why we're doing book readings, if you will, summer readings. But let me just finish chapter one so that we can uh, move forward 
uh, in other readings. And I look forward to what I will choose <laughs> to come. And I hope that you enjoyed the bonus episode with my dear friend Aaron Coronas. I love Aaron and Trika Coronas and appreciate them greatly for who they are to the Father and who they are uh, to the people of God and especially who they are to Win and I. And uh, so, so hope that you enjoyed that bonus episode. And I have other surprise guest readers that are going to join me over the days to come throughout the summer. And so we're just letting this whole series of conversations unfold uh, over time and over these summer months. But now here we go with what I've promised for today. So reading from page 38 and 39 to close out chapter one of Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. The undiscerning observer may think that this mixture of ideal and reality of the human and the spiritual is most likely to be present where there are a number of levels in the structure of a community, as in marriage, the family, friendship, where the human element as such already assumes a central importance in the communities coming into being at all, and where the spiritual is only something added to the physical and intellectual. According to this view, it is only in these relationships that there is a danger of confusing and mixing the two spheres, whereas there can be no such danger in a purely spiritual fellowship. This idea, however, is a great delusion. According to all experience, the truth is just the opposite. A marriage, a family, a friendship is quite conscious of the limitations of its community-building power. Such relationships know very well, if they are sound, where the human element stops and the spiritual begins. They know the difference between physical, intellectual, and spiritual community. On the contrary, when a community of a purely spiritual kind is established, it always encounters the danger that everything human will be carried into and intermixed with this fellowship. A purely spiritual relationship is not only dangerous, but also an altogether abnormal thing. When physical and family relationships, or ordinary associations, that is, those arising from everyday life with all its claims upon people who are working together, are not projected into the spiritual community, then we must be especially careful. That is why, as experience has shown, it is precisely in retreats of short duration that the human element develops most easily. Nothing is easier than to stimulate the glow of fellowship in a few days of life together. But nothing is more fatal to the sound, sober, brotherly fellowship of everyday life. There is probably no Christian to whom God has not given the uplifting experience of genuine Christian community at least once in his life. But in this world, such experiences can be no more than a gracious extra beyond the daily bread of Christian community life. We have no claim upon such experiences, and we do not live with other Christians for the sake of acquiring them. It is not the experience of Christian brotherhood, but solid and certain faith in brotherhood that holds us together. That God has acted and wants to act upon us all. This we see in faith as God's greatest gift. This makes us glad and happy, but it also makes us ready to forego all such experiences when God at times does not grant them. We are bound together by faith, not by experience. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
This is the scripture's praise of life together under the word. But now we can rightly interpret the words in unity and say, for brethren to dwell together through Christ. For Jesus Christ alone is our unity. He is our peace. Through him alone do we have access to one another, joy in one another, and fellowship with one another. Mm, mm, mm. There are comments that I have here in my book at the close of the chapter. I'm not sure. I didn't note where this thought came from, but I wrote at the bottom of my page, Be careful of this cluster of high holy days as the norm or goal, as it's in everyday ebb and flow we live and move in Him. Now, of course, I want to hope that's my own thought, (laughs) because I do agree with it, right? Because it doesn't have any quotes, it doesn't have any reference, but it goes back to when it says, nothing is easier than to stimulate the glow of fellowship in a few days of life together, but nothing is more fatal to the sound, sober, brotherly fellowship of everyday life. So, of course, just coming off of doing a cross encounter where we spent three days in the glow of fellowship at the table with the Father, you know, saturated in a time together. And, of course, it is rich, it is strong, it is good. But one cannot take the place of the other. And what is being said here is be careful of this cluster of high holy days as the norm or the goal, as it is in everyday ebb and flow, the everyday ebb and flow of life that we live and move in Him. So it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have three days together in Cross Encounter, but this is why I said to them as we closed out on Saturday a couple of days ago, be careful about re-entry. You've been in a very deep spiritual atmosphere for three days, but everybody at your house hasn't been. They just want to know when you're going to get home and cook dinner and do the laundry and let's get back to everyday life. And so when we come off of the glow of deep fellowship in a saturated way, when we go away on retreat to an encounter, to a conference, and it has deeply encouraged you, it has brought maybe a deep zeal, a deep revelation. Something's happened because you set aside everything else and you went into, as I wrote, this cluster of holy days, right? And so that's fantastic. That's that's great. A great deposit was able to be made when you had undistracted time. But my friends, if we cannot then turn and then go and live in the regular ebb and flow of the drudgery of everyday living, in the same, in the same um, way of his life and and living it out. What was the three days of the glow about anyway? We can't live in that. Jesus himself said to Peter, you know, Peter's like, oh wow, let's stay up here on this mountain. And let's build huts and let's live up here. And Jesus is like, which he was always having to do with Peter. Uh, Peter, we're going down uh, the, the mountain. We're going back into the valley. We're, I, I'm on an assignment from my father. And I am glad for this time up here. But now let's go down and continue on and live 
in the fulfillment of our life together with the Father. See, Jesus was headed to the cross, and no glory moments on the mountain were going to keep him from that. They were a necessary part of the journey. He went up the mountain, and he came down the mountain, and he went up and down and up and down. That doesn't mean I am up and down in my emotions and moodiness and this and that. It means that I'm living in an all-terrain faith. It means that I understand there are certain muscles that take me up the mountain. There are certain muscles I must have developed to bring me down the mountain and to walk on the level plane, right? Whenever I hear the song, Lion, and it says, you know, every valley brought high and every mountain brought low. To me, that means every low place is brought high, every high place is brought low to make a steady walkway for the Lord so that there's a level plane for the Lord of glory to enter. So it's good to have days where we are saturated, but you cannot keep trying to throttle high and live on some mountain of experience. No, no, no. Can we live loyal to him out of the loyalty that he has placed within us from himself? Can we live loving him as he has loved us in the everyday ebb and flow of life? Can we? Yes, we can. And so if when you go away to a conference, a retreat, an encounter, and you receive of him, it's so that we can go down the mountain and live in everyday life without um, boredom, meaning not, we're not tortured by the boredom. We're not tortured by restlessness. Yeah, restlessness will come and go. Boredom will come and go. Um, you know, you will feel... Like, really, is this all I have to do today is to do the chores of my house? And, you know, I go to church. The ebb and flow of our life in community, first with him. This is what makes us fit to be in human relationships, is we are one with him. And then we can live in the ebb and flow, the high tides, the low tides, the the calm waters, the, the, the choppy seas, the whatever it may be, whatever words we want to use to describe all of that, right? So Wynn and I, we, we live this way, the ebb and flow. And I don't live on high mountains, you know, and then get, you know, just drop kicked into the bucket of boredom. No, no. It's the ebb and flow of life. As you mature, you can live in the ebb and flow with him wherever you are and with whomever you are with, whatever the circumstance, because the steadfastness is in him and he is in you and you are in him. So our life together, my friends, is only possible when it's life in him, with him, and the actual nature of his life, steady, strong, stout, Mm, so, so good is his life, so rich, so pure, able to bear all pressure. It's just so able. So today I encourage you, draw from his life within. Draw from him. Let him love you. And go about your everyday normal life. <laughs>
and the absolute reality of him. And this will help you face the secondary reality. See, he's the greatest reality. The eternal realm is the reality. Eternal life is the reality. That's the most real. That's what is true and will always be true. And when everything around you passes, when you outlive every problem and every mood and every horror, every tragedy, every success, every everything, what's going to remain is the eternal, the eternal realm where he is. And he's brought eternal life into you. So that is the reality. When Paul said, I've not been disobedient to the heavenly vision, right? He had seen something that caused him to be able to face the secondary reality of what he was facing here on earth in the, real, the greater reality of the eternal. So he didn't have to go around denying what was happening in this secondary reality. He faced it. And he said, you know, there are days we are pressed down, but we are not out. He, he, he said, I, I love it, in Second Corinthians 4, I think it is. Mm, I should have looked this up, maybe before mentioning it. But he said, you know, we might be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. You know, we may be facing embarrassments, but, you know, I mean, he, he was saying, here's Here's a reality in our everyday life, but here's the greater reality, right? And so we want to live in that in Christian community so that it, we, we don't keep trying to juice ourselves up and looking for things that, that juice us, you know, that pump us up, you know, that, that you know, got to look for that next high in a Christian experience. That's dangerous. So when we do uh, set aside days for retreat and encounter we need that but it's so that we can go down and live in our everyday life with a greater deposit of the greater reality so there you have it be careful of this cluster of high holy days as if it is the norm or the goal as it's in the everyday ebb and flow of life that we live and move in him yes and then we're able to live in life with each other by faith, not just by experience. Hmm? So there you have it, Chapter 1 of Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Looking forward to see what our next summer reading will be, and I'm sure we will revisit Life Together. I'm already lining up guest readers for it, letting them choose which excerpts, which chapter might we go into, because I love for you to hear from sons of old and from the sons of now, right? So, so glad we're in this together. Greetings from Norway. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.